Design by Wingnut Social is brought to you by Wingnut Social, the interior design and home pro marketing agency for you guys. Learn more at wingnutsocial.com. Have you hit a wall when it comes to growing your design business? Then welcome to Designed by Wingnut Social, helping home professionals accelerate their success with proven industry practices and expert advice. Hey kids, and welcome to Design by Wingnut Social. I'm your host, interior decorator, Darla Powell, and I am the grand high poobah of all things here at Wingnut Social, which is a digital marketing agency for you guys, home professionals, interior designers, architects, and to the trade home furnishings. Today's guest, Jeannie Andreessen, is a life and business coach, and we have a terrific discussion around all things hiring and systems and processes and scaling your interior design business. And you know I'm a firm believer in Sometimes you just have to hear the right person say the right thing for that light bulb to go off. So stay tuned to this conversation with Jeannie. But first, before I get into my combo with Jeannie, have you guys checked out Instagram for interior designers at wingnutsocial.com, at wingnutacademy.com? I like to give out both, just so you can remember it. But it's our online, on-demand a uh, digital course that you guys can just take at your own speed to learn all of the strategy that we use here at Wingnut Social on behalf of our and our clients internally to get them the success that we're seeing for them on their social media accounts. But this course specifically for Instagram, take it at your own pace. You have uh, support in the Facebook groups. If you have any question, it goes over branding and value proposition and content pillars, what to post it and when to post and how to run ads and how to know what you're doing is even working. Uh, 61 lessons, seven modules, crazy, robustly insane. Head on over to wingnutsocial.com. Check out that bad boy and let us know if you have any questions at info at wingnutsocial.com. All right, before we get into my conversation with Jeannie, let me tell you a little about her. Jeannie is a life and business coach specializing in helping seasoned interior designers advance their businesses. Hey, who doesn't want that? Jeannie ran a recruiting business inside a Fortune 100 company for almost a decade. That's 10 years, folks. Her role included managing a team, attracting and retaining top talent, and coaching sales professionals to reach their business goals. Jeannie, I need help with sales. I need to be coached. <laughs> Jeannie now focuses her business on teaching interior designers the processes necessary to run an organized, efficient, and wait for it, profitable business. Wingnuts, help me in welcoming Jeannie Andreessen to the show. Hey there, Jeannie Andreessen. Welcome to the podcast. How the hell are you? Hi, Darla. I'm doing great. How are you? I am doing high energy. I just I just finished my iced coffee. <laughs> so I might be vibrating on this interviews, but I'm ready to go. I I'm love good to it. Go. We love high vibration. <laughs> we love the energy. If you're watching us on the YouTube channel designed by Wingnut Social, Jeannie and I both have jazz hands right now. <laughs> we got jazz hands going, but we're it's high energy. We love it. <laughs> yeah. High energy is great. So Jeannie, of course, I told the audience a little bit about you and your role and what makes you an expert in this field. But before we dig into this uh, very valuable conversation around growing your business, tell us a little bit uh, more about yourself, uh, what drives you, and we'll dig in. You game? Yeah, absolutely. So everybody, hello. I am Jeannie Andreessen. So I do life and business coaching for interior designers. I am the first to admit I am not an interior designer. I believe that that is my secret sauce, actually. Yeah. So my background is in corporate. I ran a recruiting business for a Fortune 100 company. 
launched a coaching business, knew I always wanted to. And my best friend is an interior designer. And she saw the way I operated my business. She saw my, you know, how I had processes. She saw, you know, just the way that I marketed. And she said to me, Jeannie, you need to be working with designers. And at first I thought, what are you talking about? Like, I thought she had this, she'd been running her business for seven plus years. And I asked a couple more questions and I could not believe, and I love her so much and I love you all so much, but the lack of processes she had in place and the lack of confidence in a lot of areas of her business that I thought that she had nailed. And Mm. so when I learned that, I just dug in a little bit more, started networking with a few more designers, hopping on the phone with them, learning that this is a major pain point in the industry. And I felt so called to solve it. And so that's really what brought us, brought me here. That, yeah, that is a huge pain point in the industry systems and processes because the, as you know, I'm sure your friend tells you and you know from coaching now that um, interior designers, uh, the actual job itself, the business is incredibly complex. So if you don't yes. have all those decks in a row, and I don't want to get ahead of myself, you're you're going to implode. You're going to explode. <laughs> Absolutely. And I believe that what teed me up to serve them is my, so I said I ran a recruiting business in my corporate role. That was very complex. It was complex in ways that anybody from the outside would not understand. It would, There were certain deadlines I had to be focused on. There were certain key players I had to be focused on. I had to send certain messages at certain times. I had a team I was running. I had to make sure that they represented presented me well. There were so many layers to it. Mm -hmm. And I really believe that when I started learning about things that designers struggled with, I'm like, oh, I've actually played this game before. And it might not have been interior design, but I am telling you the ways that I've been able to support my clients in their design business does not have them batting an eye in regards to my lack of knowing how to pick out furnishing. (laughs) Like that's not the work I do, but I think that gives you a more of an objective viewpoint to the business side of it. What needs to work without that emotional decorating and interior design kind of eye, right? And speaking of interior design kind of eye, your background is lovely. Your kitchen and your styling. Did your friend have any part of this or is this you? (laughs) You are so funny. Um, Did my friend have, I want to say yes. If I could take my laptop and like show it around, (laughs) I certainly ran past and I hate I hate to admit this because this is prior to working with designers in terms of my business, but I certainly had her help me pick out my couch. She picked out my <laughs> pillow covers. She picked out and hung up my frames that are above my couch. And I like cringe inside now knowing the ways that designers constantly are hit up by their friends and how I essentially tell them to charge them and say no. And so the fact that my bestie has helped me with as much as she has to this day, right now she's helping me. She's my maid of honor and helping me plan my wedding. And I'm like, I want to invoice you for helping me pick out my color palette. So the respect that I have for all of you is real. I was just going to ask you if you were like picking, because she's your friend, if you were picking her brain, she says, Oh, can I have some advice for free? But that's oh, good. I'm glad you I mean, caught that. I definitely do that. I mean, when I first started niching with, down with designers, I'm like, does this resonate or does this resonate? And she <laughs> was incredibly helpful. I buy her well, lunch. So I buy sweet. all the things. But that's she good. loves that I'm doing this. Well, yeah, for sure. And what a terrific resource you have. So Jeannie in the green, when we, when we were kind of going over the run of the show and, and the topics we were going to talk about today, I, I love 
helping solopreneurs scale their business. So I said, let's, yeah. ha- let's have a conversation around scaling your, your business and what that looks like and what we need to do in order to do that. And what did you tell me? Yeah, I said, I don't want to call it scaling. I think scaling <laughs> sounds incredibly intimidating. And really mm-hmm. the work that I do, I help the solo designer or the designer who has maybe one design assistant. I help them advance their business. I think scaling has somebody think of Studio McGee and it's like, how do I, you know, build this big team and how do I get into Target? And that I, for somebody who is on their own or maybe just has one design assistant, they have other pain points to focus on and advancing the business is what that is. They are looking at the same year and the same profit month after month, year after year, and they're pain point is how do I get beyond this? How do I mm-hmm. have that breakthrough? How do I create a different result for myself? Right. And I think scaling, uh, they tune out when they hear it. You all can tell me differently, but <laughs> but I, I, think- I know who I help and I know who my clients are. And I know mm-hmm. that, that that word doesn't totally resonate. I, I love that. And you're right. When I think about scaling your business, I am in my head, I am thinking about, okay, I'm going from maybe a half a million dollar firm or a quarter million dollars to multi-million dollar firm and the yeah. Shea McGee and the Amber Lewis and stuff. So that's good. And I think that makes it more digestible and less intimidating and taking it one step at a time for totally. sure. So we'll get, we'll get them to the next level and then they can scale. Is that fair yep. enough? <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> All right. So when you are dealing with the solopreneurs or the solopreneur that has the the VA or the part-time design assistant yeah. or just a design assistant, what are some of the biggest obstacles or challenges that you're seeing? Is it just, just the systems and processes in place? We know we've already mentioned that's one piece. What else yeah. are you seeing that we need to work on in order to get unstuck? Oh, goodness. Um, Letting go of control Mm. is is another one. (laughs) Um, You know, we say systems and processes and we say we've already addressed it, but that really is a big one. And that is a part of letting go of control because they often think that creating some sort of process around something puts them in a box. They won't be able to, you know, have their own creativity involved. And that's not the case at all. Making a decision, having a process in place, creating boundaries, all it does is you, I'm sure know, Darla, provides Mm. you more and more freedom once you make those decisions. And I find that that is significantly what is missing is the mindset involved in making decisions and following through on them. And so it's very much that. It's it's deciding to have boundaries. It's deciding to be mindful of your time. It is deciding that we're going to advance our business. And when we make those decisions, then we open ourselves up for now, how are we going to let this happen? How are we going to make this happen? Now, are we saying that to to be able to delegate and to release some of that control because it's so important for the systems and processes um, to be made in such a way that we can delegate that, that it can be implemented by someone other than ourselves in order to break this plateau of making the same money o- again over and over and over a year, uh, every year? Yes. Okay. <laughs> and I, you know, and so when it comes to advancing your business, there are really two avenues and it depends on the person. If you have a design assistant or some sort of virtual assistant, you've already offloaded a lot of tasks. That is an amazing thing. Then we can talk about what happens next. But there are so many designers who are 
on their own still. They haven't delegated, but there's also some areas of opportunity alone to be able to create more time for themselves. And that comes from processes, making decisions, being clear on the direction you want to go in and saying no to the things that aren't in alignment. And I find Mm -hmm. that when those things are not there, a designer keeps falling into the same behaviors that is attracting more of what they already have and are not necessarily desiring anymore. So there really are kind of two avenues. There, there's certainly the designer where it's not time for them to maybe hire an assistant quite yet because they just need to learn how to be more efficient with their calendar. They got to set some client minimums. They've got to start declining undesirable business. If they were to hire an assistant, sure, it'll offload some tasks, but they're still stuck with the same kind of problems where that's where once we get to a place of essentially cutting their time more or less in half by becoming really efficient, beginning to create a process around invoicing on a monthly or biweekly basis and being able to generate consistent, solid revenue when we get out of our own way regarding asking for money. Once we have those in place on our own, we can operate so powerfully and that's when hiring an assistant feels so much better. Okay, so let's go back a little bit to the systems and processes. That's a big, scary thing. Systems and processes, SOPs, a certain (laughs) way I do things, right? And like we said before, the interior design business, um, the logistics of it, the, the business model is incredibly complex. There's so many moving parts. And even on a smaller, small scale, it's tons of moving parts, and then it just gets worse and worse. So if I'm a newer designer, and I'm getting ready to think about hiring somebody, but I'm like, I need to get my shit together, and I need to get some systems and processes. Instead of saying systems and process, what exactly are we looking at refining and streamlining to make that workable to, to grow? So good. Calendar planning, And leveraging your calendar is a really big one. I find that designers are not leveraging their calendar. They think they are. And this is a part of what I teach them. And so I always ask the question, talk to me about how how you use your calendar. And my designers will say back, well, if I don't have a meeting on my calendar, then I'm not showing up to it. So everything's on my calendar. And then Mm -hmm. I say, great, pull it up. And they share their screen and there's literally nothing on it but two meetings. That is (laughs) not having an effective calendar. An effective calendar has everywhere that you need to be on your calendar. It has even the things that you, the self-care on there. So what yoga class are you attending on what day at what time? It has if you're going to a client's appointment, a client appointment, it has the drive time on there. So leaving at 3.30 to get there at four o'clock. It's so clear on what time you have available versus what time you don't have available. So that's kind of step one is just learning how to leverage a calendar. The next step is what are your priorities? I find that most business owners, and because I'm like, I don't want to pick on designers, but especially creative business owners, they don't even know they're spending so much of their day putting out fires and there yeah. are fires in your business. So do not get me wrong, but they're spending their, they're filling their day based on other people's what mm-hmm. urgencies, yeah. what they think is a fire, what's a big deal to them. This client wants to change this. And that's how they fill their time. Where instead I'm a big fan of, did you, Darla, I hate to pause here, but did you ever read seven habits of highly effective people? 
Stephen Covey, right? Yeah. Yes. Back in the day. And I'm back due for a day. reread. Yeah. And I'm going to tell, I will tell you right now and tell everybody right now, it's a very boring book. I yes. don't encourage you to read it, but habit number three changed my life. It was put first things first. And okay. it essentially talks about how, what moves our business forward and lives forward are what we drop because they're not urgent matters and how we fill our calendar up with all of the urgent matters that aren't actually important that move us forward. So Stephen Covey says, the key is not to prioritize what's on your schedule. It's to schedule your priorities. And so I'm landing the plane. I promise I'm going somewhere. What I find is that a lot of designers don't even know what their priorities are. They are prioritizing whatever is on their schedule. But when we were, if we were to close the laptop and I were to just ask somebody, what do you need to do today? That would make a really tremendous difference in your business. That would make a tremendous difference in moving your day forward, moving your week forward. What would that be? They tell me something that is not you know, that doesn't show up in their inbox or via a client text. And that thing is often a boundary they want to set, marketing that they haven't done. It's these things that are not urgent, but they are incredibly important. So here's where I'm going with this in terms of leveraging your calendar at the highest stability. It's getting clear on what your priorities are, which are the things that advance your business, creating space for them. And then when other things pop up, they go outside of that space or we say no and we start. And no doesn't mean no, never. It just means, hey, I am not available for that today. Friday afternoon, I could swing by. Does that work for you? And you begin to have a calendar that works for you versus you losing your mind and stressing yourself out. So to me, the calendar is a really big one because there's so much involved in that from prioritizing to saying no, to knowing where you have to be and to showing up for it and following through on what your true priorities are. I I love that because I live and die by my calendar, but I'm not putting the priority time, like what's important to me today to move my business forward all the time. I do Yep. Some, you know, for sure, but not from a, a self care kind of standpoint. And if a fire happens, I will drop everything. Forget yeah. that. And I would not schedule it later. My, my director, Taylor Garrity says, you always jump the gun. Yeah. <laughs> You're always reactive, you know, uh, and it's it. kind of true. Like it's hard for me to, to put that uh, fire on a back burner, no pun intended. So how do we schedule that, that, that negative space if a fire happens or if we do have someone that says, hey, can you approve this? Can you do this right there? And it's not yeah. not on the calendar, right? And yeah. some of that ties into, I don't want to say people pleasing. That might be a little bit of a reach, mm, but- No, you know, we if, could say it. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> because it is. And quite frankly, like my niche is the people pleasing interior designer. Huh, it is. Yeah. That is the designer that I can help the most, that I do help the most. And I- can help transform their business because they start learning how to say no and they start learning how to be able to run their business on their agenda and not mm-hmm. always somebody else's. So I hear what you're saying in terms of these fires do happen. So here are the couple of things I have to say to that. Number one, and everybody is going to cringe as I tell them this. If we, ignorance is bliss. 
if we don't know a fire is happening, isn't that just like the greatest feeling? Because then <laughs> yeah. we find out when a, that a fire is happening on our own time. Mm-hmm. And I even leverage that in my personal life in the sense like, I don't follow news accounts. I don't watch the news. Of I let other people inform me of what is going on. And if it was the other way around, which it has been in the past, every single mm-hmm. thing that I teach and that I learn and how I operate is all because I had to overcome it myself. Sure. Mm-hmm. But for me, that allows me to be so zeroed in on the work that I am doing. So I am a big proponent of having do not disturb on your phone throughout the work hours. I'm a big fan of checking your email just a couple times a day. And when it comes to, I call them focus time blocks. So if I have two hours that I'm like, okay, for these two hours, this is what I'm going to do. When I have that time, what am I doing? I am showing up for that time slot and doing everything I possibly can to not be checking email and not be looking at text messages. And so that's really how you get good at not dropping everything. Now, Mm -hmm. that's not to say if you have obviously an install day, you're going to be at the home, but if you have Mm -hmm. some, you know, event happening or you know that, you know, a delivery is scheduled for your client's home that you need to have your phone on, do not disturb. No, I like that takes some forethought to say, take phone off, do not disturb because if, you know, this truck can't find the home or have the address wrong, they're going to call me. But for that's not going to be every single day. And so it's being really good about the days that you need to get work done, that you are shutting out the outside noise. And then when you take your break, you can check your emails, you can check your texts. You found out a fire happened two hours ago. Here's what often happens. By the time you check it, the fire has been put out (laughs) because the client took care of it or because your assistant (laughs) took care of it. Right, Darla? It's amazing. Yep, 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 yep. It is like magic when that happens. You're like, wait a second, what? I would have dropped everything for this. Hey, so I want to talk to you a second and ask you, what would it mean to you and your bottom line to get an actual paying client from Instagram? Are you an interior designer who hasn't gotten any leads from Instagram at all? What kind of money are you leaving on the table? Well, Enter Instagram for Interior Designers, our online digital course. If you're struggling to showcase your work on social media and you feel like you're not reaching your target audience and missing out on potential clients, then you need to check out our online marketing course, Instagram for Interior Designers. With over 1 billion, with a B folks, monthly active users, Instagram is a perfect platform to showcase your design skills and reach your target audience. And our course, is specifically designed for interior designers who want to learn how to create a compelling Instagram presence, attract followers, and cha-ching, turn them into clients. In this course, you'll learn how to create stunning visuals, write compelling captions, use hashtags effectively, and engage with your audience. You'll also learn how to use Instagram's powerful features, such as Instagram stories and reels, to showcase your work and reach a wider audience. But that's not all. Our course also includes expert tips and strategies for growing your Instagram following and converting your followers into clients. You'll learn how to create a content strategy, collaborate with other designers, influencers, vendors, and use Instagram advertising to promote your business. The best part? Of course. Of course, of course. Our course is 100% online. You can learn at your very own pace 
and on your own schedule, and you'll have lifetime access to all the course materials. That way, you can refer back to them anytime you need a refresher, you need to update, etc. So if you're an interior designer looking to take your social media game to the next level, sign up for Instagram for Interior Designers today. Head on over to wingnutsocial.com. Check out Wingnut Academy. Drop down and check out that course. Oh, and did I forget to mention, there is a money back guarantee. If in 90 days you don't increase your reach and engagement and your brand awareness by completing this course and implementing what's inside, you'll get your money back. That's a no-brainer. What would it mean to you to sign one client from Instagram? Come on, folks. Head on over to wingnutacademy.com, wingnutsocial.com. I kind of stumbled I kind of stumbled onto this by accident and you're so right and I could get so much better at it but I put on my phone I put my phone on do not disturb for podcast recordings and I mm-hmm. I accidentally left it on all day and it was oh. heaven. I would oh, just go yeah. in and check the chats when I wanted to when I was ready to address anything or or deal yeah. with anything and just recently and I don't know how permanent this is but I deleted mm-hmm. Twitter <laughs> from oh, my phone like because it's a good thing for you because how much I love it and I love Elon you know send your letters to info at wing social I I just it was driving me crazy and it was distracting me but I, I love this idea of the focus and I think that this is what we're talking about here is such foundational work to yes. set yourself up for success doing the more um, you know granular we're doing systems and processes we're doing invoices and we're doing yes. so, so you can make it successful when you do grow into that space Absolutely. And that is, again, that's my sweet spot. It's I, Mm -hmm. when I first started interviewing, I really started my business from market research on interior designers and learning that these incredibly successful designers still didn't have these foundational pieces in place. And they weren't understanding why they keep getting the same result. And again, we see these from the outside as very successful. I mean, they have a really good business. They certainly have you know, repeat clients and and affluent clients and all of that. But when I learned that these certain foundations were not in place and I mean, there are so many, you know, there are a lot of coaching programs out there, not a ton specifically for interior designers, but I really was like, I am here to help you with these foundational things because if they're not in place, you're Mm -hmm. only going to create more problems. I hate saying it, but it's so funny when I have, you know, designers who desire to attract more desirable business and attract more business, but they're not even invoicing on a monthly basis. So what will more business do? Make them busier and poorer (laughs) if they don't have these certain (laughs) things in place. And so that's where I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. And that that is a lot of the work that I do. So yes, these foundational pieces. You don't want to build a house on wobbly stilts. Right. So I, I, I love Hopefully that. I I, so let, let's get back to the piece of letting go of control. So mm-hmm. what we, we, we discussed here is kind of giving us more control over our priorities and what we want. And when we talk about the letting go of control part, and I see this all the time, interior designers, we're all, we're a special lot. Let me tell you, ah. we're bosses and we're CEOs and what we say goes and we just, we're designing rooms and we're, we're rarely delegating. We're controls. How do you, how do you help someone to let go of some of that control and delegate it and and be okay with the fact that they're not going to be mind readers or in your head necessarily, yeah. but they're still going to do a good job and advance your business? That yeah. is so hard. I think some it, people it, it, are some people hopeless or can everybody learn to do this? 
Oh goodness! Oh, don't ask me that. Don't ask my own me that. opinions. Okay, so my answer is: if you want to grow your business, you've got to do the things that will lead to that growth. And that's why I don't think everybody is hopeless. I think that there are certainly some people who are stubborn. I think there are certainly some people who are caught up in the story of how they have to do everything. I know that that is the case. And that's, in my eyes, someone choosing to be the person that's hopeless. So (laughs) for the others who make a decision that they are going to change and they are going to grow, delegating is not optional. And the way that I help designers learn this, here's the best part, is it's almost like not my idea, it's their own idea. Because what happens is I'm teaching them how to leverage their calendar. So when I teach them that, they begin to see for the very first time how little time they actually have during a regular work week. Because Mm -hmm. when they have all of their commitments on there, from their self-care to dropping their kids off to you know, volunteering for, uh, you know, their kid's school, when they begin to see how much time they really have and how little time there is, it becomes their idea that they know they have to start saying no and that they have to leverage their resources. And when that happens, beautiful things take place. We could talk about what those are, but beautiful things take place. Oh, well, you know what? What are they? (laughs) Well, first and foremost, they start to say no to the things that don't move them forward in the direction that they want to go in. I really, you know, I hate to say it, but there are certain people out there who absolutely love volunteering for their kids' schools, but likely those people are not business owners who have certain business goals in place. And... (laughs) And who have other priorities. And that's really what it comes down to is you begin to start saying no to those things. So it's, you know, then, and I always have this come up where a client of mine will say, oh, but I have to fill that. I have to complete this until the end of the year because I committed. And again, this is where my life coaching really comes in because I listen to when someone says I have to and I let them know, no, you don't. And I'm not (laughs) saying that we need to cancel all of our commitments and to not follow through on something you said that you would do. But you don't have to do anything. And it's recognizing like what areas, if you only have a certain amount of time in the day, how do you want to spend that time? And how easy it is to then say no to things that aren't in alignment with that. Because the no then becomes a lot less guilt-ridden and a lot more, I just can't do it. I wish Mm -hmm. I could. I really wish I could. But I just, it's its just not in the cards in terms of what I have on my plate, what I want to accomplish, and what my goals are this year. And I know some people in the audience just passed out, some people pleasers, <laughs> yeah, right? It passed out with the, the thought of saying no to someone, yeah. right? Yeah, absolutely. But at the same time, it is, that is, that's the work I do. It's imperative. I mean, I help, I essentially help my clients create time that they quote unquote <laughs> don't have. Yeah. And then leverage that time in the direction of their goals. 
How much of that is saying no, not to just maybe the Harper Valley PTA or, uh, you know, things like that in in your life where extracurricular activities that yep. aren't really about the business, but are fulfilling on a personal level in some way. I'm not saying we're not saying don't do any of it, right? Sure. We're just saying balance that out. But how much of saying no, this no piece is saying no to bad clients or clients who are not a great fit or projects who aren't a great fit. Cause a lot of interior designers uh, are afraid yeah. to say no to any, just any business. Yeah. Um, the, I'm smiling really big because a part of my specialty <laughs> is declining undesirable business in a really kind way. <laughs> I, Oh, okay. Truly. And so how much of it is that a lot? I okay. find that that, is what bogs designers down so significantly because they are saying yes to undesirable prospects, people they want to say no to. And I don't mean to say people, but it's true. It's it's people, it's projects, it's budgets mm -hmm. that aren't in alignment with what they're what they specialize in and where they desire to go. And so yeah. a lot of the work that I do is declining undesirable business. That's got to be, you must get a, a huge amount of pushback on that one for sure, because it's hard to see how important it is until you actually do it. And then when you say no to that client who the project isn't ideal for you to grow your business or isn't what you want, you're actually saying yes to the one that is, so uh. you're leaving space for that to come in and how that actually indeed does work that way. When I was uh, uh, starting my interior design business, I said yes to basically everything. And when some of the horror stories I could tell you, and my bandwidth was shot for anything else. But at the time, to be fair, I was new, I was learning, and I didn't know what I didn't know. Uh, but when I finally did say, okay, you know, I can say no to this client, no to this project, they're not really going to be a great fit. Boy, was that a game changer, yes. serious game changer. I mean, you have to, you have to learn some way, the hard way I learned. Totally. <laughs> and everything. it's so funny when you say like, there must be pushback. Yes and no. When designers mm -hmm. find out that I'm really good at declining undesirable business, <laughs> they flock to me. And I will share on my website, I have a download where you can where it's scripts and templates to decline undesirable business. So I do oh, think it's something that designers are seeking. And at the same time, when we begin working together and I go, okay, now here's how to decline the projects that don't, I help set, you know, help my designer set client minimums. Here's mm -hmm. how to decline the projects that don't really fit in with the client minimums. They do get out very scared. Well, you know, what you're yeah. telling me is to decline business that, you know, four years ago led me to the best business that I've ever had in my life. And, and I yeah. hear that. And at the same time, we've got to graduate from some things. I mean, you can't forever be running your business doing one room at a time. I mean, we've got to start evolving into having a two room minimum or a three room minimum mm -hmm. or a certain budget minimum in place, because that is how... Yeah. Going back to cutting time and making more money, that is how you earn more by doing less. What we do is we end up saying yes to so many things that has us working so much harder for less money. And that includes my clients who are out there, you know, my clients before they're my clients out there offering their services sure. for half the price because a friend or family member, you know, <laughs> reached out and wants to work with a designer. And like my take yeah. is if a friend or family member wants to work with you and you don't want to work with friends or family in a formal way in terms of 
you know, your, your design services charge more. And that way, if they say <laughs> yes, it feels better taking it on. If they say no, it feels amazing for everybody. You know, you, you know, um, that we see this here at Wingnut because we work with a lot of interior designers on the back end and our most successful interior designers in the marketing, because we handle leads for them, DMs, messages that come into their, their social accounts and, and all that. And we can, we, we see them growing. You yeah. know, we speak to them, we talk to them. We've had designers who started with us at half a million that are three, four million dollar interior design firms now. But they are the ones who are taking those ideal projects and who are saying no to clients who just aren't a bad fit. I mean, we have directives and how to handle certain leads that come in through the, the direct messages on there. And the clients who's, who start with us who want to be all things to all people, and we're trying to say, no, you, let's focus, let's focus, uh, who are insistent about that. That in some way, they don't see the same level of success as those interior designers. And we're not even, maybe you don't want to be a $4 million or $5 million firm, but you want, you still want to be profitable. You want to be happy. You want to have some free time and you want to enjoy the work. Before we get into the fire round, I want to kind of go back to the control and the delegating and the, the systems and processes. Okay. So if you're a solo interior designer and you want to break out of this plateau, make more money and not scale, but grow your business... Do you have to hire? And if you were, I don't know, I don't know which way your answer is going to go. What is the first thing that as an interior designer, we should be delegating in order to move in this direction? So good. So thank you. Yes, <laughs> eventually you will have to hire. And I don't okay, want yeah. you to get stressful, get stressed about that because quite frankly, think of our current lives and all the things that we outsource in your current life. So maybe you have somebody that comes and cleans your home, you know, once or twice a month. Guess what? You outsourced cleaning. Same thing for, you know, maybe you have a nanny that comes and watches your children. Well, you outsourced you know, childcare. And that's really how I want you to look at, because that I think allows us to get a little bit more comfortable with this idea of hiring somebody to help us run our business, is just seeing these little pieces in life where we have already outsourced and it felt really good. We have already, yeah. we've relinquished control and it feels amazing. I think a lot of uh, designers who are moms can you know, can attest to, it feels amazing. I'm sure I'm not a mom to hire, you know, to have daycare and to be able to drop your kid off and say, see you later. And know, you know, that you can go run your business and, and yeah. to recognize that there are those little parts of life that we've already outsourced allows us to feel really good about the idea of outsourcing in our business. So at one point or at some point in your business, once we have, you know, learned how to leverage your calendar effectively. We are saying, no, we've declined undesirable business. We're attracting more desirable business. We have boundaries, check, check, check. Then we get to, okay, yes, it's, if you want to advance your business, we've got to start delegating. So um, what are the couple things that you want to mm -hmm. start with? The things yeah. what do you recommend? that every, that someone else can do that not only you can do. So that is going to look very different for everybody based on what their, you know, how they run their business. But I know marketing is oftentimes a big one. And yeah. I know marketing is oftentimes neglected because you know what marketing is? Marketing yeah. is not 
urgent, but incredibly important. And so that's one of the first things that gets dropped. And so if that's not even getting picked up yet, then let's have somebody else pay for somebody else to come in and expand your marketing. And so that is- I know someone. (laughs) Tell me more. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but truly, like that is a really big one that I would uh, that because it's not currently happening, and I often get a lot of pushback from designers that they feel they're not good at it. So, what would it look like mm-hmm. to outsource your marketing? And I, you yeah. know, I think I know someone too. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, I think marketing is a really big one. Another one would be the client emails, client scheduling, um, the follow up email. So, the things that kind of fall through the cracks that often keep us up at night, such as oh, I forgot I told that client I was going to send that email. This person should be sending those emails. This person should be doing the scheduling. This person should be the one that declines undesirable business at times. If, If there's an intake form that you have and they see you know, that this person doesn't meet your criteria, it doesn't always have to be you sending that email. Let this let your assistance on that email. So a lot of that coordination, saying no, kind of the things that keep us up at night or the things that we that we drop but are incredibly important, that's the stuff mm-hmm. to outsource. Yeah, I love it. And this is low-hanging fruit. You'd be surprised Definitely. at the amount of principal interior designers that I, I have conversations with when they come to us here at Wingnut Social that are still doing their own social media, multi-million dollar interior design firms, yeah. <laughs> principal interior designers making three, four, five hundred dollars an hour who are still just kind of trying to throw up some stuff on their social media. It's so media. wild because there are such <laughs> talented people out there who know yeah. how to market effectively for a lot less money than that. And the way yeah. I mean, there's always pushback, of course, in terms of, oh, but that costs money. Sure. But sure. let's just say that you hire a design assistant for $25 an hour. What does that do? It frees you up to go out and bill $200 an hour. That is how you have to look at outsourcing and leveraging your time. It is a trade-off, but it is a reward. Yeah. And not only is it, are you saving the time and delegating it to someone who has the expertise to, to leverage it effectively yes. to, to grow your business and get you more clients or what have you, depending, depending on the ROI for sure. Exactly. <sighs> so, okay. There's so much time. I mean, this could be a five hour podcast, Jeannie, but just in the, of what we've discussed here, is there anything that we, you want to add before we get into the fire round? Oh my gosh. I feel like I was just put on the spot, Darla. Anything I would add, advancing your business is available to everybody. And truly, if you are listening to this and you have had the same year in terms of profit year after year after year, then something does have to change if you desire a change. Nobody is forced to change. Um, If you're perfectly happy with how your business is running, then go for it. Keep it going. But everything you're doing is only going to attract the same results you currently have. And so you do have to do something different to attain different results. And that does have a give and take to it, such as then learning to let go and delegate and and learn some of the things that you might not currently be doing. Love it. Now I have to ask you, Jeannie Andreessen, are you ready for the What Up Wingnut round? I think. <laughs> what would the hashtag on your tombstone be? Hashtag faith over fear. You're stuck on a deserted island, but you can have your one favorite food forever. What is it? Sushi. <laughs> Does that not count? That counts, but I'm just saying there's probably, it's an island, so there might be fish. 
and raw fish at that. Okay, so, I mean, fine. You, right? Garrett's popcorn. <laughs> okay. Listen, it's, this is your life. Don't let me persuade you, but I want you to survive. I, I want well, you to survive I'm not going to survive on Garrett's popcorn. <laughs> well, okay, well, okay. But man, Sushi it's it is. <laughs> so good. <laughs> like I'm gatekeeping your, your favorite right? item. Right? Well, I thought this was my one I'm bringing around. <laughs> Last but not least, please yes. recommend a book that has impacted you either personally or professionally. You already did mention the seven habits yeah, of highly effective people. Yeah, but that's not the one that I would people, recommend. But oh, it's not the one. Yes. I would highly, it's kind of like this, it changed my life and I would recommend it. The book You Are a Badass by Jen Sincero is mm-hmm. incredible. It is like that was my gateway drug to self-help and it absolutely changed my life. Um, and then she also has a book, You Are a Badass at Making Money. So depending on what you currently struggle with, if it is self-doubt and self-confidence and believing that you can have this amazing design business and you're worthy of it, if it's that, read You Are a Badass. If it's I have a fear of making money, I have a fear of asking for money, I have a fear of of you know being rich you gotta read you are a badass i'm making money they're both exceptional and isn't that crazy but that is a real fear that exists oh absolutely that 100 exists. exists i have both of those books and the way she breaks them down breaks it down is you're actually like well holy that's yeah i this makes 100 sense and but it also doesn't make any sense you know like in our own minds we're like <laughs> why would i be afraid of making money but you also then why aren't you making more of it and so we got to check that stuff we got to explore it and that's those are two that's a fantastic book for it in particular but those books are awesome our brains love the devil they know for yep. survival. It's just crazy how we're wired like that. Yep. Jeannie Andreessen, this has been a terrific conversation. Please tell the wingnuts where they can go to find out more about you and we'll call it a day. Yeah, absolutely. So I am very active on my Instagram, which is just at Jeannie Andreessen underscore. I am sure that it will be on the show notes because my name is very easily misspelled. And then um, <laughs> my website, JeannieAndreessen.com is also a great place to learn more about the work that I do. I have an amazing coaching program called Business School for Designers, where I teach a people-pleasing interior designers these foundational pieces of running <laughs> an effective design business so they can be efficient, profitable, and actually fulfilled in their business. You can find more about both of those at those two resources. All right. Sounds terrific, guys. Go and check that out. And uh, Jeannie, you're all right. That will all be in the show notes at wingnutsocial.com. And that's Jeannie with two N's, an I and an E. So go over there. I don't know how many Jeannie Andreessen's there are, underscore, but you probably find her. But if you can't, show notes it is. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. All right, guys, that is it for this episode. You can check out all of the information in the show notes, contacts, references, books, recommendations at wingnutsocial.com slash podcast. Look for this episode with Jeannie Andreessen. Make sure to head on over to wingnutsocial.com if you need help with your social media marketing on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, LinkedIn. Yes, we'll even do Twitter if you make us. (laughs) Wingnutsocial.com. Check out the Instagram for interior designers. If you're not in a position to uh, delegate your social media marketing, your Instagram out to a firm, Instagram for interior designers, just your speed. You can delegate that in-house. Get an intern. Get someone who needs something to do. Here you go. Here you go, Jeff. Take this course and uh, make us super, super, super profitable on Instagram. Wingnutsocial.com. And remember, until next time, to get out there. Get uncomfortable, and what the hell? Be great. You've reached the end of this episode of Designed by Wingnut Social, but that's only the first step into accelerating your business the Wingnut way. 
Head over to wingnutsocial.com or call us at 786-206-4331 to see how we can help take your business from meh to amazing. We'll see you on the next episode of Designed by Wingnut Social, your digital marketing tightly fastened. Do you need to check your camera? Hey, kids, and welcome to Designed by Wingnut Social. I'm your host, who can't look at the camera and turn up my gain. Uh, support in the Facebook groups if you have any question. It goes over branding and value composition. Pom- pom- All right, so before we get into my conversation with Jeannie Andreessen, let me tell you a little bit about her. Jeannie is a life and business coach specializing in helping. In helping. Jeannie is a life and business coach specializing in helping seasoned does that mean old genie? <laughs> so I'm very seasoned. No, uh, duh. I f***ed it up. Good boy, Mango.